Inside Westminster, Chapter 199, God's Will. It was the start of the 2020 Tory conference, but this was to be like no other, as there would be no supporting applauding fans. No one. In fact, the PM would be talking to an empty auditorium. But it had all begun rather badly the day before, with yet more technical glitches which had dampened the glitzy roadshow. Scores of party donors had been left on hold for nearly an hour in front of their computer screens whilst the whiz-bang presentation creaked into action. Hardly how the Cabinet wanted to present themselves. But at least 40,000 lives had not been put at risk, like in the other catastrophe which had ensued from the other techno hiccup caused by a track-and-trace data collection spreadsheet simply running out of space. A mistake unbelievable in its simplicity, but devastating in its consequences. We're learning all the time, quavered Tony Hancock at the dispatch box the day the disaster was made public. So much for your much-vaunted world-beating track-and-trace system, jabbed Sir Kieran Hardy. You couldn't track-and-trace your own granny as she sped away in a wheelchair. Well, well, we were in the middle of updating the whole NHS computer system when the pandemic struck, offered Hancock by way of an excuse. There's no excuse for this complete and utter shambles that you and your government are presiding over. You don't deserve the loyalty of anyone in this great nation, apart from those private consultants who are earning what vast sums? The latest figure I've got is upwards of £7,000 a day. This is capitalist cronyism gone mad, Sir Kieran shouted accusingly, adding, and as for this three-tier system, I predict it'll all end in tears of the wet variety. The pressure had, at last, really got to the health secretary and he just wanted to throw his hands up and say, I've had it. I'm done for. It's your turn and let's see if you lot, if you and your lot will do any better. But of course he didn't say that and just continued being bashed by unanswerable questions at the dispatch box, wishing more than anything he was at home performing a simple, mindless task like helping his daughter, Pandora, with her homework. With their 80-seat majority and an election four years away, all the opposition could do was wail and whinge and complain about the erosion of state-funded social bodies like district nurses and Sure Start centres, through which local efforts to contain this pandemic could have been mounted. All in the third conditional, which means it never happened, which is rather akin to the situation the Winchesters were mulling over. Prince Rupert's tax standing with the US's Internal Revenue Service, this being another unforeseen problem. Unforeseen to them, but which would have been the first thing most sensible right-thinking couples would have addressed. Once again, unfortunately, all in the third conditional. On the other side of the Atlantic, Trump's team were experiencing a bit of a nightmare. Their leader had decided to invoke God as his guardian and mentor, It was him, with a capital H, who had deliberately infected Trump with the virus, expressly so the world could witness Trump's miraculous cure. Honestly, you couldn't make it up, Melania said to her PPE-clad masseurs, continuing, My husband will do anything, I mean anything, to get re-elected. He'll tell any lie, destroy any man or woman who gets in his way. As Big Tony's hands ran soothingly over the First Lady's knotted shoulders, he asked her if Trump had had a hand in the planned kidnapping of the Governor of Michigan.
The First Lady hesitated, surprised by Tony's brazen question, and simply said that she doubted it. But it started her wondering, as she knew her husband was capable of extreme acts and was fearless of the consequences. But this? Surely not. She decided to be ever more observant and to mention her husband's increasingly unpredictable and erratic behaviour to his enormous medical team, as they may need to adjust the vast amounts of drugs he was taking. The main thing she feared, though, was Trump's losing more hair due to the known side effect of hair thinning caused by long Covid. (laughs) Now that would make him unbearable, she laughed to herself under her breath as Tony's hands expertly unwound her tense muscles. "'Have you heard of the Barrington, of the Great Barrington Declaration?' Tony asked. "'Yes, it's a town in the Midwest, but what makes it so special, and what are they declaring?' replied the First Lady, surprised at Tony's inquisitiveness and knowledge. "'Well, it's all there on the internet, ma'am. A group of scientists is trying to get as many people as possible to sign up to letting the virus take its course, rather like Sweden.' The hope is that some sort of herd immunity would build up. Oh my, Tony, I'm so impressed by your knowledge. I wonder if the President needs another advisor. Honestly, I'm sure you'd be better than most of the team he's got at the moment. Would you be interested? Melania asked, adding. And by the way, where I come from, there's still endemic measles and whooping cough and all sorts of other nasties, so I'm not a great believer in this idea. What's it called? Herd immunity, added Tony helpfully. Well, whatever it is, I'm naturally suspicious of any advice from so-called experts. But it does pain me to watch my husband breaking all the rules that other nations seem able to follow. Does Mr President ever listen to your advice? asked Tony, getting bolder with his questioning. Never, said Melania without hesitation. Look, I didn't marry him for his conversation, empathy or nurturing skills. Oh, said Tony, understanding now more than ever that this, his most powerfully important client, was herself out for what she could get and was, in her own way, as ruthless as her husband. He decided to change the subject as he felt Melania's muscles were tensing in annoyance, possibly asking about... He decided to change the subject as he felt Melania's muscles were tensing in annoyance, possibly, asking her about her son, a subject which any mother would happily talk on for hours. But he tucked away the suggestion that he become one of Trump's many advisers and would bring it up at their next appointment.